Thank you guys for tuning in to Travel and Transformation with Sophia. Today, my guest is Amy Barsky. And I don't even have like this amazing introduction for Amy. I just know that she's an amazing human being. And I'm going to let her tell you about her. And then I'm going to ask some questions. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. I'm super excited to be here. As Sophia has mentioned, my name is Amy Barsky and I am a beautiful celebration living human spirit. And if I have to have a title of some sorts, I am a trauma-informed master coach. I am an ice cream lover and a lover of life uh, who pretty much lives uh uh, kind of like a fire firecracker. That's what my dad used to call me as a kid, a firecracker. So if, in a nutshell, that's that's how I exist in the world and, and in this moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess you guys can tell from all the laughter that yes, she's the firecracker and we're going to be popping off. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. So as some of you know, because if you're not really a football fan, because I'm so not a football fan. However, when it comes to Super Bowl, I will watch the Super Bowl because I like to bet on it. I like to be contrary. Ooh. I like to do all that stuff, right? So nice. one of the things I want to ask Amy, because since the Philadelphia Eagles were in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and unfortunately they didn't win, but you know, wow. somebody got to go to Disneyland and guess it just wasn't them. Uh- <laughs> But you used to be a cheerleader for them. Is that right? I was. I was an NFL cheerleader for the Philadelphia Eagles from 1996 through 98. Wow. So what was that like? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's not as glamorous as it looks. I'll say that much. However, really? it is loads of fun. It is not glamorous at all. We These women rehearse like crazy. You're in the dance studio rehearsing many times a week for multiple hours at a time. You're on the field early before anyone is in the stadium, getting your mark on the, on the, on the field and making sure you're in place, making sure you can hear the music and everything is like pristine because if one pom-pom is off, you're out. (laughs) Are you serious? No, I mean, yes. And Yes and not, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, um, it's very stressful. (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of things go on behind the scenes. Uh, I feel the biggest benefit of having that experience was the sisterhood and the community charity work that we got to do. I mean, yes, performing was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. It was, it truly was. Uh, and the the people that we got to meet and the benefits that I got to attend for various uh, charitable um, organizations, you know, maybe it was for the Children's Hospital or American Cancer Society or a local company. And so that was really fun because that was that was one of the um, eye opening experiences that got me to do uh, com- that got me into community work and giving back to my communities. So I really feel like that would be my biggest takeaway from okay. that experience and the beautiful friendships I still have now today. And that was many, many, many moons ago. That is so cool that you have still been mm-hmm. able to maintain those friendships. Mm-hmm. But then I'm sure that you guys have gone through a lot together. So yeah, it's easier well, you to know, it's interesting. form those bonds. Yes. I was going to say, because you were talking about friendships and bonds and things like that. When I went to college, I went to an art school. So we didn't have a sorority. Mm-hmm. So this very much felt like that kind of, I would imagine that kind of energy of like, you know, helping each other and being there for each other and, and that, that really deep bond that you create. And, and yeah, many of us it feels like lifetimes now that we've been friends. So it's been cool. That's very cool. So did you do any other dancing um, besides the cheerleading? I was a professional dancer for, mm, gosh, over 15 years after that. Well, during that, I in when I was an NFL cheerleader, I was in college mm-hmm. and I was studying dance at the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. And so I ended up graduating as a modern major. I went in as a ballet major because that's what I studied most. Uh, and then I ended up being a modern major because I got to learn that beautiful expression of movement, which I had no awareness of until I got to college. And so really studying uh, 
movement around Martha Graham and Merce Cunningham and things like that, I was like, oh my God, it was so much freedom in the body where ballet had very structured right. um, choreography. Mm -hmm. Modern was a very free flow and express yourself and all the above. So I was like, this is amazing. And then I ended up going and traveling around the world and because I was also fascinated by Broadway shows, you know, mm. musicals, like back then it was like Les Mis and Rent and um, yeah, just so many, uh, um, uh, 42nd Street. And yeah, so anyway, I got a job on a cruise line that was overseas to visiting about 30 different countries in Europe. Oh, nice. And so I said, hell yes, sign me up because I love, love, love to travel. And so, yeah, I was traveling for almost a year, dancing as a professional dancer on the cruise line. Then I found my way into Los Angeles and really building roots. Uh, I'm in San Diego now. I was going to say here up in Los Angeles and got into the entertainment business, acting, producing, still doing a lot of dancing for different artists and things like that. So I, that was my career for a while. Yeah. Wow. So at what point did your life just take this turn and boom, 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 you're boom. like, I'm going to be a master trauma coach. It's like, oh how did God. that even show up? You know, <laughs> because life does not stop lifing. Y'all who are listening, walk away with one thing, that life does not stop lifing. And there's not a perfect time and place to do the thing. Simply do the thing that you want to do and know that life is going to life regardless. So that's a great story, uh, question. And it, it's, a, it's a lot of little answers in there, I guess I could bring in. So as I was on my entertainment career between acting and dancing and, and producing, I was, you know, side hustling, waitressing and bartending jobs. I was a nanny. I was a tutor for like eight years, reading, writing, and math. Like there was always a side hustle because that industry is so um, up and down. There's, you know, unless you're, well, even I was going to say, unless you're on a series, but even that's not a guarantee, right? Right. And so anyway, along my journey, I, um, I ended up getting married and, uh, I went through transitions uh, where I lost my brother. My brother passed away. Mm. And I also, cut, let's reverse just a tiny bit. So as a child, in my childhood, I had um, a lot of bullying happening in grade school. A lot okay. of feeling like I don't fit in, not belonging. Right. Um, and in my household, there, was, um, there wasn't much emotional support, let's just say. And I was a very sensitive little girl and pretty much wore my heart on my sleeve. And so whenever emotions would come up, the questions of, of um, you know, why are you crying, Amy? What's wrong with you? Would often be what I heard mm. um, from my, you know, the, the parents and it didn't feel good. Right. And so I started really dimming my light and hiding, hiding my emotions and things like that. So cut to my adult life. I'm in this relationship and I didn't really understand. I was young at the time when I met this person, this man, and yeah, I was very um, influenced by him and what he wanted to do in life. And I was very programmed to, oh, you know, you get married by a certain time, you make a certain amount of money in your life, you have a certain lifestyle. And so I felt a lot of pressure right. to, to meet those needs or those expectations from society mm -hmm. and from family. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, I could go into a lot of other details. However, the point is, I, all that time from my childhood experiences, I was carrying anxiety and depression and a lot of sadness and grief in my body that I didn't know about. Oh, okay. And so that started to show itself in my adult life, in my relationships, specifically this marriage. And I was lashing out. I was projecting. Now, these are words that I didn't know then. I just knew that we would fight. That's all right. I knew. And, it was just a fight. We, <laughs> it was a fight. And that's what I learned. That was my way of communicating because that's what I learned as a kid. If you need to communicate, you got to fight. You got to fight for what you want, you know? And so we would just fight, fight, fight. And it just wasn't healthy. And when my brother passed away, I started really questioning, questioning life. You know, why would he, he was, he was so young. He was 31 and I was mad. I was really mad. I was mad at God. I was mad at everyone and everything. Right. And I was pointing the finger. Well, it's your fault and your fault and this and that. And then about six months later, a good friend of mine committed suicide. 
So then I was all up in my shit. I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I didn't have a, a, you know, a, a way to cope with this deep pain. And so it just, it just really, it catapulted my spiritual practice because I started questioning God, spirit, universe, all the things. Right. And, uh, I started meditating not really even understanding it, basically just listening to, um, gosh, what the heck was the guy's name? But it was, anyway, it doesn't matter. And so on this journey, I felt something awakening inside of me. And between the conflict that kept happening in my relationship and we would, um, I would suggest counseling and therapists and all the things and we would try for a little bit and we'd go back to the same cycle, try for a little bit, go back to the, and it was just a revolving hamster wheel in that. I was, I got to a point where I had a massive anxiety attack. Oh, wow. And if you looked at, if you looked at my external life, you'd say, wow, Amy's life is amazing. I had this, we had a beautiful home in Marina del Rey, California, which is by the water. I had a view of the mountains in Malibu. I had, you know, a nice car. I had clothes. I had all the things that you think would, you know, create that happiness. And I felt so broken inside. I felt so sad. I felt so deflated. And I literally, my body just shut down. I was on the floor, like dry heaving. (gasps) I couldn't catch my breath. I was just crying. And I said, Amy, if, if, if you don't change this, um, external, then nothing is going to change. Like you get, you need to step away from this because this, I felt in my, in that moment that if I walked away, my life would be fine. Like that was the problem. This is the problem. So let me remove the problem, remove myself from the problem, and then everything would be fine. So I and, did. And it, can and, I just interject for yeah. one second? Yeah. And and because you just said so many things that are so important that I just want to kind of rewind. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> right because you said I had all the things. If you looked at my life from the outside everything looks perfect, Mm -hmm. but I was falling apart on the inside. And I think I just wanted to reiterate that to the listeners that sometimes this is how we live, right? We're not living who we are. We're living who we think we're supposed to be. And on the inside, because it's just not authentic with who Mm -hmm. we are and like, who we were meant to be, who we were put here to be, that the inside does feel broken, but you're walking around, you've got the smile on, you know, especially these days if people are posting, you know, I'm living my best life and I'm posting by the (laughs) hot car and all of that. And on the inside, they're like falling apart, but nobody knows, nobody knows. And then because everything looks so amazing, It's like, how do you reach out for help? Exactly. And this is when, you know, that beautiful phrase of don't judge a book by its cover because you don't know what's on the inside, whether it looks perfect or whether it looks in shambles, you simply don't know, period. And so until you've walked in those shoes of somebody else, then you you mind your business. (laughs) Right? So anyway, sorry that I interrupted, but you just dropped so many nuggets that Mm -hmm. I just had to, you know, stop and point them out and be like, you know what, if you're feeling this way, Mm -hmm. nothing's wrong with you. Just Mm -hmm. acknowledge that this is how you're feeling and you're really not broken, even though it may feel that way. And that's interesting. I'm loving you brought this up because in the trauma coaching world, this is called you're wearing a mask. And I didn't know that at the time. I was wearing multiple masks to fit in to, oh, I'll put this mask on at work to be in this environment and feel like I fit in. Right. I'll put this mask on, on the red carpets or on the, on the set or at the audition or whatever, you know, and so I fit in. Right. And so you're trying to fit this mold instead of just simply being who I am. And yeah, I wore masks for most of my life. People pleasing. Oh, the people pleasing. And then we can go all into the parts, you know, like the part of me that felt insecure, you know, the part of me that felt that inner critic of like, you're not perfect enough. You don't belong here. You don't deserve that. Right. You know? And so all of these, these mm, thoughts, you know, it's like the inner roommate, uh, from the book, uh, untethered soul, untethered no. soul. Yeah. Yes. Thank Did you. you give her a name? And, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? And so here I was just feeling so broken. Like I literally felt broken. Mm -hmm. No bullshit. Just like, what the F am I doing with my life? And I said, I, I have to, I have to do something because this isn't working. And so that something was exit the marriage. And honestly, it was the hardest decision I ever made in my life so far. It really was. It was a very hard decision. I was uprooting everything I knew, my identity, who I was, where I like everything. And then like, who, who is Amy by herself? Right. You know? And so I had to really rediscover myself. So in one, one part of me felt this relief of like, okay, now the problem's over there. Right. I didn't recognize that, you know, your shadow goes with you everywhere you go, right? right. <laughs> you can't get rid of your shadow. <laughs> and so I went on the journey of, of inner healing, of self-love and compassion and doing my shadow work. We're doing the dark work of, of, creating a space and place that was safe enough to love on the ugly parts of me. You know, that inner critic, that harsh shame and guilt that I was carrying around, the fear, the, the internal pain, and simply saying, wow, I do feel this way and it's okay. Right. You know, like now, you said earlier, it's, it's normal. So talk a little bit about, because some people listening might not know, it's like, what is she talking about when she's talking about the shadow parts? It's like, what? Yeah. It's like light shining. Yeah. I see that thing, but what's she talking about? So mm -hmm. just give us a little background on your take on what shadow is. Well, it's your, the dark parts of yourself, the ugly parts of yourself, the scary parts of yourself. Uh, and I'll talk into the emotional aspect of it, especially for women, like who are we to express rage or anger, right? We're supposed to stay contained and, you know, calm. Well, right. I'm a freaking human being. And let me tell you, I had some rage and anger so deep in my bones and I had lineage. I was carrying stuff from my mother, from my grandmother, from generation to generation. And so, and I didn't know that until the past like few years, I, you know, I was doing my processing and my little girl was hurt. My inner child or children, because we have many parts of ourselves, yeah. she was in a lot of pain and she never had the chance, the opportunity to express it. So when we say the shadow, we're talking about those emotions that feel really scary and um, a lot of fear around, wow, well, what's going to happen if I let out my rage? What's going to happen if I express my anger? Well, if right. you do it in a safe space, what's going to happen is freedom. <laughs> you will be freeing yourself from, from the handcuffs or the cage that you've been caught in all these years, right. if it's done in a very safe way. And what I mean by that is, you know, having someone hold space for you, whether it's a coach or, you know, a shaman, however you choose, I would encourage you to, to have support while you're moving through it. Right. And, and I so think me doing that's that so job, important yeah. is the support. Yeah. Cause right. I think as a lot of women, especially if you have perfectionistic tendencies, you're like, I can do it by myself. <laughs> oh yeah. And, the, and the, the competition. <laughs> You know, I grew up with competing against people. I was a gymnast for many years. So I was under competition. So I got to do it perfect. I have to do it perfect or I will not win. Right. And then the other thing for people to realize is that when you're working on yourself, when you're digging into the things that you don't want to dig up, when you're mm -hmm. working with the little child who still lives in there, because everybody's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm a grown ass woman. It's like, yeah, but there's a little girl who still lives in there mm -hmm. and she probably pops out and she works you a lot and you don't even realize it. So exactly. with all of that, you can't do it alone. You <clears throat> need no. support. You know, yeah. even when you think you don't need support, mm -hmm. that's chances yep. are that's when you do need support. <laughs> Yeah. And I want to share with everyone who's listening, if they're still like, I don't get it. Notice what happens when your partner or your loved one or your child or children, or maybe even your parents say something and your eyes go and your nostrils flare and your insides go and they contract. That is the signal that your inner child, that younger version of yourself wants to have a tantrum, wants to be like, what the, f you know what I mean? Or something that wants to express something because right. 
that trigger, we call it triggers, that emotional um, volcano <laughs> that wants to <laughs> explode is the younger version of you that never got to express themselves in whatever situation. It could be a traumatic event like a divorce. You know, maybe your parents got divorced and you never, and I don't know, you had to take sides. And then you're holding all this guilt around, oh, I took mom's side and I, I didn't, you know, I mean, who knows? It could have been sexual abuse. It could have been an, uh, emotional neglect. It could be being bullied on the playground. It could be shutting down your voice because you, you, you said something one time and someone said, well, that's a stupid answer. And all of a sudden you're shrink small right? because you're like, oh shit, if I actually say how I feel, if I actually express myself, I'm not going to fit in. I'm going to get shunned. I'm going to get shut down. I'm going to get dismissed. And so these parts of ourselves, these beautiful little inner children, variations, seven-year-old, nine-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, whatever, teenager, rebellious teenager, <laughs> that was me, you know, these, this comes forward in our adult life. So we really are adults, but on the inside, we're just children wanting love, wanting to fit in, wanting to belong, want to, yeah. So it's interesting, you know, when we talk about this shadow work and, and doing that deeper work of, you know, the ugly parts is what I call it, you know? the pretty <laughs> ugly parts. <laughs> it's like, it's the stuff that if you have that junk closet, it's the stuff that you want to throw in the junk closet. But if you keep throwing stuff in there, the one day you open it and it's like, ah, oh, everything oh. like falls out of the closet yes. onto you and then it's like Wait. oh crap now I gotta deal with it <laughs> hold on though are you a fan of friends remember the the sitcom friends yes <laughs> okay do you remember the episode where Monica has a closet that she locks and doesn't let anyone in there and Chandler's like why do you lock the closet and she's like now Monica if anyone watches friends you know she is the neat freak she is the OCD <laughs> everything has to be organized and put in its right place and labeled and everything this is the closet you're talking about yep. so Chandler gets a credit card and puts it in the lock and she's and he opens it up and all I mean it's literally like floor to ceiling junk junk <laughs> junk yeah. that I think it does fall out actually the closet I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can't get it about. back in <laughs> and then you can't because once you know you can't unknow exactly exactly <laughs> you cannot unknow what you know so once I know oh shit that's you know the scary part of me that's that's holding a lot of fear holding a lot of shame holding a lot of resentment oh that's a good one I hold a lot of resentment from my young, young, young years that I had no idea until I started to look in the closet. <laughs> so I know, so I met you um, as someone doing breath work, but I also, I know you do something called the shift method. Are you still mm -hmm. doing that or the has, shift has method. this been an evolution into what you're currently doing? Ooh, that's a really great question. It's kind of a both and. So when I work with my one-on-one -on -one clients, we are going through the shift method for the most part. And the shift method is a five-step uh, method that helps you basically move through trauma, through mindset work, through somatic work, through breath work, through really reclaiming your identity of who you are now versus who you thought you should be because society said so, and and really uh, declaring what you want from yourself now and moving forward, designing that life with with really with um, deliberate actions, deliberately saying, this is where I'm at right now. This is where I want to go. And what steps do I get to take to get me where I want to go? And in the meantime, having lots of celebration and joy of what is in the moment. Right. So, yeah. And I think that's pretty cool too, is Yes, you need to know, you need to, you need to know who you are and mm -hmm. <laughs> figuring that out can be, yeah. it can be joyful yeah. and it can have yeah. sorrow and it can have all these different things. But yes. I think there's also, um, that needing to set an intention of mm -hmm. what is it that you want to do? And mm. it's good to have somebody to help you take the steps to get mm -hmm. you from point A to point B. But I think mm -hmm. just setting the intention that I want to live my dreams and let's just sit and figure out what that is. Because yeah. I know I help and a lot with that part and like rediscovering who you are. Like when you said, who am I by myself? 
you know, or who would I be with and a this, partner? Who am I without a yeah. partner? All of that. And this happens for a lot of women in particularly, and that's, I do work with mostly women because they might be move, similar to me. They might be going through a divorce. Well, who am I now? Maybe they're going through a career change. Maybe they're going through the kids are leaving the nest. And now what? I've been a stay-at-home mom for, I don't know, 19, 20 years. Now what? Like, who am I without this identity? How do I get back to my true essence? How do I get back to my true self? Because if you think about it, we are all born into the world in this uh, love and light, right? We come out of the vagina, love and light, curiosity, um, ready, excited, innocent, pure, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden we get hit with environment, uh, circumstance, um, culture, religion, society, school, and all of a sudden you're putting on a mask to fit in here and over here. And then you put these masks on to guard yourself mm -hmm. because you want so badly to, it's in our human design. We want to be loved. We simply want to be loved and accepted. And somehow along the way we've learned, if I do this, I'll get love. If I do that, I'll be accepted. If I do this, I'll belong. If I do that, I'll fit in. Mm -hmm. And so we're wearing all these masks. And so we get to chip away at the masks and come back to the true essence of self. Like, who am I without all of these identities, with all these masks on? And so SHIFT actually stands for something. The five steps are speak your truth, uh, heal your trauma, go in and identify those old belief systems, uh, foundation for a new one as you move it through your, your body, right? Allowing the feelings, the emotions, and then trust, building that inner trust, that inner comp um, compass, you know? And for me, I didn't understand like, what is intuition? Mm. And so I use the term that's a little more layman's like gut, just listen to your gut. And I had such a disconnect from that for so long. And so now I really listen to the little things. Oh, grab that umbrella. It might rain today. Grab that glass of, or, you know, that jug of water before you leave. Like the, if you start listening to the tiny nudges, it gets more and more amplified and it gets right. easier to identify the bigger ones. Yeah. Well, I think it's so funny that you say that because I'm learning to do that more because I've realized that when I don't listen, sometimes shit hits the fan or it's like, yeah, you're like, damn, I should have listened. Right. It's like, I knew I should have done that. And I heard yeah. it because, okay. Funny story. Wasn't really that funny at the time, but kind of. So I was at family reunion. We went to the beach and before we were going to the beach, I was like, you know, you should probably put in your contacts. I was like, ah, I'll be fine. Because I usually go to the beach, I wear my glasses, I have prescription glasses, can't see shit without them. And, but luckily, just taking you back, and then I'll bring you forward. I brought an extra pair of glasses. Don't know okay. why, but something just said bring them. So I go to the beach that's supposed to be, it's usually a nice, calm beach. So they said, the day I go, it's freaking beat down beach. I go in the water, the waves are like throwing me around. I am holding on to my bathing suit bottoms because I'm like, because oh, <laughs> I'm trying to get out and I'm like, I don't want to get out without the bottoms on, but I couldn't hold the bottoms and my glasses. So I get out oh. and I can't see shit because my glasses are, I don't know, somewhere out there. <laughs> oh, dang. Hopefully it's not like interfering with the dolphins and the whales and all that stuff. Maybe it wa they mm. wash back up. Needless to say I walked out. I had my bathing suit bottoms on, praise God, but I couldn't see shit because my glasses. And all the way back when I'm everything's all hazy, I'm thinking, why the frick didn't she just put the contacts in? Mm. Like you heard, you heard that voice say, "You should bring mm. your contacts today." And what'd you do? Yeah, you threw that away, right? Because I could have had on my contacts. I could have put on my, you know. Not the expensive sunglasses, but the cheap ones. So if I lost anything, right. it would not have been a very expensive pair of prescription glasses. Right. <laughs> but oh, luckily I did come, you know, I listened. Was, I just didn't mm -hmm. listen all the time. So I had an extra yeah. pair, thank goodness. And I well, was able to see afterwards, but it was yeah, a lesson, but... right? It was <laughs> exactly. a good lesson that you, when you hear that and you feel it in your gut, listen yes listen 
And, and it takes practice. And if you get pushed around enough by those ocean waves, you'll start listening more often. This has been my own experience, very similar to yours. And I'm like, oh, it takes what? 20 more seconds to put in the contacts or 20 seconds to grab that sweater or whatever it might be, like the little things. And what is interesting, and, and this is so, wow, there's so much value right here. Okay, so what's happening in your nervous system when you listen and you follow the intuition and you do the thing, mm -hmm. your nervous system is trusting. You're building the inner trust. You're building the inner landscape of like, oh, I was right. And not from yes. an egoic way, from an intuitive listening way. Yes. And so as you build that muscle of like, ah, that and that, I listened here, I listened there, I did the things and look how joyful and probably less, a little, a lot less complicated life can get. Exactly. And so you're building the in, internal nervous system to say it's safe to listen to your intuition. Your intuition is right. It's on point. And the inner trust comes along for the ride, right? Yeah. And like that. that part is so, so important because, yeah, it was a funny story, but a huge lesson, right? Mm -hmm. A huge lesson. Yeah. So it just taught me in that moment, listen more. And when the stuff comes up, I mean, you do have to be discerning between, sure. okay, is this really my gut or is this my ego? Because I spend, and well, I don't know if it's the Virgo or if it's the what, or if it's just me, but I spend a ton of time <laughs> I love in we, my head. We always blame it on this olive Leo. It's okay. <laughs> oh, they're a Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Right? But I spend, We do. We justify I with our birth signs. so much time charts. in my head that it took time for me to spend time in my body, but then I'd spend time in my mm. body and not in my head. So it took my, mm. my head and my body a long time to make friends so mm. that, you know, there could be a nice like wave <laughs> between the two. Yeah. That is like, I have a yeah, question you can for you. trust that and that. Yeah, I agree. I have a question for you if you're open to answer, because you, you talked about the discernment. So how do you discern between your intuition and your ego? A lot of times I really just have to, stop mm. and be still mm. and see how I feel. Yeah. And it is yeah. like, ah, mm -hmm. that's intuition. Beautiful. If it's, if it's like, you know, mm. some craziness that's going on <laughs> and there's like a whole ton of chatter, chatter. that's mm -hmm. the ego. And, yeah. or sometimes I'll even, but now sometimes I'll even just know, cause it's like, girl, please. If I, <laughs> then it's like, you know, that's the ego. Cause it's like, yeah, I just feel this because this and this mm. and this, or yeah, oh. I was right. You know, yeah. but not that, oh, I was right. Cause it came mm. from here. It's like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> that's that's ego <laughs> can we can we go for a second to the literal feel because you said i feel that was right where is the feeling in your body and could you describe it mm. the feeling in my body is usually and i'm touching it so it's <laughs> like mm. usually right around my solar plexus which for those of you who aren't into the whole chakra system it's like in my belly <laughs> gut gut mm. feeling and Sometimes when something is not right, my stomach gets tight and I carry That's like a nice. lot of stress in my stomach. Mm -hmm. So when, if I'm getting stressed out or something's not right, mm -hmm. total, there's going to be a gastrointestinal thing happening mm -hmm. <laughs> or just a mm -hmm. tightening in mm -hmm. my stomach. But if there's not yeah. that and everything just feels loose and relaxed, then it's like, oh. See, I hope everyone who's listening right now hears the distinction here. What you just shared was contraction and expansion, right? You said, oh, it feels tight and restrictive, right? When we're in an ego or a fear base trying to make a decision, we contract and we shrink. And when we're in, oh my gosh, alignment, excitement, love, light, uh, it, almost like that, that, and the, the knowing that simply knowing that doesn't need a reason, just knows yeah. expansion, light, right? And our body tells us these things. This is the nervous system doing its job. This is the nervous system communicating. It's so beautiful. I love that you described it like that. This is how we can really decipher what is um, 
good for us and great for us because nothing's ever bad for us. We always get to learn. Right. (laughs) And sometimes I've got to say that when you're in the middle of the shit storm, you -hmm. don't always see the lesson. And sometimes the lesson doesn't even show up like, quote unquote, on time. It shows up when it's going to show up. When you're ready to accept the lesson and receive the lesson, that's when it's Mm -hmm. going to be like, oh, okay, that's why Mm -hmm. that happened. You know, but sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you're not understanding why you're in the middle of it. But just even sharing that. So I wasn't on certain social media for the last three months because Mm -hmm. there was just an issue. And I had to learn how to pivot. But in the Mm. beginning, it wasn't really about, you know, pivoting. It was like, WTF? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as time went on, and then I learned about how resourceful I am, Mm. how tenacious I am, just Mm -hmm. like different things about me. I was like, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool, you know, because I did X, like, Y, and Z, awesome. and this and this and this, awesome. and this happened, <laughs> you know, but I think sometimes what we need to learn is how to step back and observe. Mm. Yes, exactly. You know, because Bird's eye view. Yeah, because when you're just, when you're all in it, as they say, you can't see the forest for the trees because you're just, you're in it. But sometimes mm. if you can just allow yourself a moment to be still and to step back mm-hmm. and just yeah. observe the situation mm-hmm. like it's a movie like oh this is a movie of shit but okay Life. let's watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> and see what i can get out of it <laughs> yeah yeah really yeah. recognize how you're showing up how you're showing up for yourself for your loved ones yeah yeah so love that <laughs> So, okay, I wanted to ask you, so tell us about the breath work. So for anybody who doesn't know what breath work is, first let them know what that is. And then tell us like what it can do for you. It's like, why mm. should I go to Amy's breath work class? <laughs> well, let's let's set the record straight for a second. Breath work simply is intentional breathing. That's it. That's what breathwork is. I'm intentionally deciding to inhale for 20 counts, whatever the heck it is. It doesn't matter. I'm deciding to exhale. I'm deciding consciously to be aware of my breath. That's breathwork. Mm. It doesn't matter what pattern you do it in. It doesn't matter how many times you do it. It doesn't matter for how many minutes you do it. Breathwork is simply saying, I'm conscious of my breathing and I'm deciding to breathe like this with this intention right? And so whatever pattern you do can serve as different ways to soothe your nervous system. Okay. So there are so many different patterns of breath work. Inhale for four, exhale for eight, inhale for nine, exhale for five. Like there's so many different ways. Inhale through your mouth, exhale through your mouth. Like there's so many ways that are so beautiful to support whatever you might need. Maybe you're experiencing anxiety or overwhelm. Maybe you want to do deep healing. Maybe you know that there's um, inner child wounds that that you're ready to move through. Maybe you don't know and you use breathwork and that breathwork opens up that channel. Mm. We, we simply don't know what's there until we go in. You know, it's like going to the doctor going, wow, my elbow hurts, my elbow hurts. And then they take an MRI. Well, nothing comes up, but then they take an x-ray. Oh, there's a broken bone in there. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I probably did that backwards. But (laughs) (laughs) my my point is you don't know until you go in and look, Right. right, for the most part. And so I have several different patterns of breath work that I give to my clients for depending on what they need. My ultimate favorite type of breathwork is what I I bring to the table in groups and events and live events. Mm -hmm. And this type of breathwork is the deeper work. This is the shadow work we were talking about earlier. And it's a lot around inner child healing. It's a lot around um, relationships and healing those relationships, even the one with yourself and uh, coming out the other side, pretty much feeling like you've been birthed again, like a rebirth. 
So just, and I've just heard things. I'm going to ask a question because you said there's a bunch of different types of breathing, Mm -hmm. right? So I guess there's, but some people will call pranic breathing and then, but then there's this holotropic breathing, which Mm -hmm. is, I think that for a lot of people who do breath work classes, that this is what they do is it because just explain what holotropic breathing is so you've just gone through a bunch of different ones that you know we'll do Mm -hmm. sometimes in meditation and Mm -hmm. just if you need that time out for yourself but when you're going through this whole process which is the one that you use the most um during classes and is a lot of the healing part coming from the fact that you're guiding the experience. I would say the healing part is coming from your body's intuitive hit to say, we're ready to heal this. Mm. The healing part is coming from the participant who decides to breathe and surrender to the breath and allow the breath to be the medicine for the breakthroughs. That's what I would say. The specific patterns that I work with, I do a couple of different patterns. I do inhale through the mouth, exhale through the mouth. It's to me, that's the, the beginning. I I like to do baby steps Mm. so that remembering that the practitioner, whoever is, is practicing the breath work gets to be the, the chooser of themselves. They are the, they get to be the choice maker. They get to decide, oh, I'm going to go deeper or I'm going to stay where I'm at. Mm. And of course the ego loves to show up and say, don't do it. Come back. That's too scary. It's too much. Fuck this shit. Right. Cause it can, it can get scary. I'm not going to lie. And can you remember that your ego is designed to keep you safe? So we get to make friends with the ego and say, Hey, I'm okay. We got this. We're okay. We're in a safe. Again, this is, we're back to the safe space. We're back to right. that safe uh, environment where that person that's guiding can hold you through whatever the heck is coming up. And so there's another um, breath pattern. It's for me, it's two inhales through the mouth, one exhale through the mouth, which I guess technically you could say, oh, it's holotropic. Holotropic specifically is not um, one, what I'm certified in, and two, what I teach because their rules, their regulations, their requirements are different than what I do. Uh-huh. Even though the pattern of breath is similar, mm-hmm. uh, the whole holotropic experience is you have a breather and a sitter. You have two people, mm-hmm. one person holding space for the person that's practicing the breath. There is zero um, guidance through the person who's holding space or maybe the like myself, the leader, the facilitator, there are zero words. There is simply music played the whole time. Mm. And I, I believe that those practices are about three hours long. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm. That's a lot. So that's a commitment. I have. <laughs> yes. Right. And so I've taken what I've learned over the many years I've been doing breath work, chose what works best for me and my healing and have decided to share that. And what I've received back is, holy shit, this is powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. So I do a little bit of a combination, right? We do the intro for the baby steps. We go deep if you choose to go deep. And we come out with a restorative breath, which is a calming breathing pattern, which is generally four in through the nose and four out through the mouth. Or excuse me, eight out through the mouth to calm the body back into a, a parasympathetic state because that's what we want. We want to come back into the portal of present time because we we're all in portals right now right we're in anyway that's that's another topic right uh, so when the, you, we're when in the you, matrix <laughs> we're in the matrix <laughs> and so in the portal we're in right now called present time during breath work you can be you can open up the portals to other timelines other visions other colors other fractals other all kinds of things so we want to make sure we're back in our present space when we come back in. And so that's why we do the soothing pattern at the end. So again, there's a variety of breath happening in the whole entire journey. Mm. And uh, yeah, for me, it's, it just lights me up. I get to play with a music playlist. I get to pick songs that I get full body chills. And I'm like that one, that's the song for tonight's session. Like I go in and I'm just like this little nerd that sits in front of my computer going, okay, what song today? So do you do different playlists for every class or do you have like a set of playlists that you're like, okay, I'm kind of feeling these songs tonight or do you just totally like switch it up all the time? It depends on what I'm 
what's happening and who I'm serving. So if I'm serving, like I go into other coaches group programs mm -hmm. and I serve them this breathwork medicine, this modality. So if I know that this particular group of humans, uh, maybe they have, they're doing a lot of deep inner child work, right? I'm going to pick songs that might resonate with that little girl, that little boy. Uh, if I'm doing something that's more based on anxiety and overwhelm, I might pick songs that would um, start to dissolve that energy, right? So it just depends on what we're, maybe we're working through money mindset, abundance, things like that. So it's a combination, full transparency. It's, there are several songs that I'm like, oh, this one's just so juicy. I can't not put it in. <laughs> and then there's other ones that I'm like, oh, this one. I'll feel into the group if I know them ahead of time. And I'll mm -hmm. say, I feel like this is what's being called. I'll open up my channel and say, how can I be of service? What's here today? And I'll open up the Spotify and I'll trust that what comes in is supposed to be there. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, you're yeah. doing it. So it's a process. Based on intuition, yes, but very there's much a whole so. process for it. That's yeah. kind of cool. And then yeah, I don't cool. know if you're ready to share this yet, but I'm going to bring it up. And if you're not ready, just say I'm not ready. So sure. we did spend some time together recently and it seems like you were able to tap into, let's call it a set of gifts that were always there, but decided mm -hmm. to show themselves a little bit more. And I know you're still working through it and processing a lot of things. So if you're not ready to talk about it, you're always welcome to come back and we can dig in then. Um, but if you're ready to let it out, let it out. Can you be more specific? Because I shared a lot of stuff on that beautiful experience. Well, that's true. But then it seems like you started channeling a lot of stuff that you hadn't channeled before. Mm. What I have discovered is um, that my channel is very, and when we say channel, I'm talking about energy work and I'm talking about uh, my higher divine intelligence and my my intuitive hits of do the dang thing. Mm. Like, like literally do the thing, what it say, the thing, be the thing, do the, whatever that is. And so the trust has, has amplified in the past, like I'd say like two months and maybe it had to do with the Bufo ceremony, which is a plant medicine that I did at uh, well, toad medicine that I did back in the new year. God, back in the new year, I feel like we're in Sounded like so know, long ago. Like, it feels like it's a, very we're, long we're ago. We're in a time war. I know. We're still we're still in February, Amy. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago. And I think it feels like a lifetime ago because the knowing the medicine has always been there. That that internal message has always been there, but now it's mm -hmm. opened. The, the portal has been opened and I can't unknow it. Right, right. And so and so what I feel like, you know, you're speaking into is the clarity the clarity around how I get to serve on a bigger scale, which is breath work all over the world is my intention. And to, you know, to, to anyone who feels the calling to experience this particular medicine that is already existent within your body. You know, our breath is our bridge to life. We wouldn't have it, right? right. We wouldn't have our heartbeat and our breath. We wouldn't be here. And so understanding that your breath is such potent medicine and, uh, and, and, you know, the opportunity is, is now to go in and see what's possible with simply your breath. Yeah. And just so you guys know, I have taken a couple, actually, yeah, two, three, two Quite or three few, yeah. of um, Amy's classes. And I'll be taking another one next month. So if you guys want to join me. Uh, yes, please do. <laughs> uh, Amy, tell them where to find you so that they can join me. <laughs> you can find me, uh, the easiest place is Instagram, Amy Barsky Coaching. And yeah, that's the easiest place. And everything is in my little link in the bio type thing where you hit the button and you'll see, uh, you'll see when the ne next breath work is. So I usually do it every two, second Tuesday of the month. And there's also a free breathwork practice. You can download it and start to practice on your own. This is a guided practice. This is a very soothing practice. If you experience anxiety or overwhelm or want more clarity and more connection to yourself, it's a really sweet practice. It's called the O breath. It's very effective. And okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I, My mind just went, you, you took me somewhere else. It's like yeah. the O breath is like, 
okay. <laughs> My mind just went uh, completely somewhere different. I <laughs> get it out of the gutter. <laughs> it likes it down there, dolls. <laughs> oh man. And uh and events are also listed on there. So if I'm in a city near you, please come. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, I am just still there. I'm You're still there. <laughs> I'm just concerned. Grandma, 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 dolphin, pickles, <laughs> olives. I don't know. Yeah, that that whole train of thought that I'm having is gonna be a podcast for a different day. Yes, uh, coming to you live <laughs> from <not>. the ozone. <laughs> Hot and heavy from the ozone. Right? But you never know. I mean, again, podcast for another day. But as a note, I am sure that certain breathing patterns can help mm-hmm. when you're trying to owe. <laughs> And I think I'll just leave it there. (laughs) Leave it there. We'll be back. Uh, Well, Amy, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. And I so appreciate you being here with me, sharing about everything. And, you know, I'm really hoping to have you back again because I know big things are happening for you. And... I'm going to have to hear about them. So, hey. Of course. Of <laughs> course. I'm here. I'm here for you. However I can serve and support, let's go. Let's flow. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you again soon. Amazing. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for having me. Okay. Okay. <laughs>